Today's speaker is somebody that I've had the pleasure of getting to know uh, since he started his gym in, in 2013. I started our CrossFit gym in 2012, and uh, he started Unbreakable Athletics in 2013. So he is the founder of Breakable Athletics Academy in Plainfield, Indiana, if you ever get out that way. And if I could describe Jim Beebe's program, it would be this. Builders of boys, makers of men, or builders of girls, makers of women. Uh, and what I mean by that is this guy has a very high success rate when it take when it comes to taking people to the to the next level. And what that means to put that into some kind of some tactical uh, information is more than ten percent of the athletes that he's worked with advance to play at the college level, with half of those playing as Division One athletes. That is insane. That speaks to his system. That speaks to his process that he was able to get. And Plainfield is not a big town, by the way. It's not an Indianapolis or a Detroit with hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, there's, so there's not like there's people flocking over here. Um, but people do seek him out because of that success rate. So that's saying a lot coming from a smaller town uh, in Indiana that you're able to get to Division One athletes, so many under your belt. That's awesome. Uh, he has a certification in powerlifting, CrossFit, strongman, finance background. Uh, he's been in the strongman arena himself. He's worked with me uh, on some strongman moves, uh, my squat, my deadlift, so I kind of have some personal testimony to this guy's knowledge and what he can do. A lot of what he does and what we're going to be talking today is the mindset of the athlete. And if you've ever competed at a decently high level, you understand that that, that is it. That's your foundation of success. So he's going to be speaking pretty much today on how to execute an evaluation process that's, that's very interesting because I normally don't self-evaluate. I'll do a show and then I'll be evaluated by the judges and be like, oh man, okay, I got I to gotta work on that. Where maybe if I did some self-evaluation, that would be a little bit more preemptive. He's also going to talk about handling pressure up to the event. I'm really leaning into this topic as well because on event day, I tend to perform not always my best because I'm nervous, my cortisol is high, kind of just people think I'm confident because I just kind of sleep. Um, but no, I'm really like really, really nervous. So if there's some strategies that can help get into event day with your chest up, your chin up and confident, man, that is absolutely huge. So I'm, I'm super pumped uh, to hear what Jim has to say about this. Uh, Jim has a kind of a system, systematic process that he follows. Uh, and that's what he uses to uh, to get athletes to advance. He doesn't have them throw the kitchen sink at them. He doesn't have them drink from the fire hose. He gives them a step-by-step -step approach, a very systematic approach. And that's awesome. If you guys want to tune into him, because I know in a half hour, we're not going to really even like scratch the surface of this guy's knowledge. He has a book coming out. He can talk to you guys about that. His website is Unbreakable Athletics Academy. If you want to write that down. Uh, Facebook, Unbreakable Athletics Academy. Instagram, Unbreakable Athletics Academy. And you can also find him on TikTok. Wow, TikTok, eh, Jim? All right. Uh, that would be at Unbreakable Athletics ACAD. So if you want to pl get plugged into this guy, maybe you're tuning in and you have 
a, uh, a high school age uh, son or daughter that might be looking to, to take it to the next level in sports, this is the guy to talk to. So, Jim, I appreciate you sharing your, your time and your knowledge with us, man. Uh, talk to us about uh, executing an evaluation process. And at some point, I want to get plugged into when your book will be released and how we can all get a copy. Sure. Jesse, you know, it's a very humbling intro. So truly thankful. Thank you. And thank you for uh, having me on today. So it's a lot to go through. And I'm going to try to give you as much content as I can, because I'm just trying to get you guys better as quickly as I can within the uh, time frame. So if I'm looking for an evaluation process, and if it's dealing with an athlete that could be just a CrossFitter that wants to be physically better. And a lot of this context with Athlete Builder, we're looking for high school and college kids that we're working with. But you can look at it yourself in your own profession the same way. So in the book and the workbook that, that, that's coming out, I'm going to break down certain sections of it. So on the assessment process, you have to take a, an annual approach. There's a process for that and a whole section on that. Then there's a quarterly approach. You break it down to three months, monthly, weekly, and then daily. And so what we're going to talk about today is I thought I can go through the monthly piece inside the context of getting people better. At the gym, it's Unbreakable Athletics. And then we're adding a second business called Athlete Builder, where we're simply putting out more and more content information on how to improve athletes. As a coach, it's important because you're trying to improve them. But for yourself, you're also trying to improve. So with Athlete Builder, you know, there's a podcast there and there's other resources. Here's here's our, These are the things you're going to start looking at. Trying to get better. Just look at your monthly plan as it goes in the scheme of the yearly and quarterly. First, you got to set aside some time and schedule it. Some people say, yeah, I have to do my monthly plan, but they don't schedule it. So this that has to happen, and it has to be a, a, a hard appointment. You have to actually keep it. And then you start assessing yourself. You're constantly hunting for weaknesses. You're constantly hunting for results. So what wins did you have last month? What losses did you have? What reasons do you have to be grateful for that month? What lessons did you learn? What were the obstacles? And if so, what were the solutions? And was your mantra for the last month effective? So the wins, when I'm working with athletes, here are the things we're looking to measure, the wins and losses. If I look at the athlete's head, there's three components. There's your mindset that drives everything and encompasses your identity and your core values. There's your knowledge of the sport. So if you're coaching an athlete on nutrition, their sport is eating better. And then there's teammates. How do you work with people on the field or on the court? How do you work with your leadership team? That's your coaches. And then how do you work with your support team? So if you're coaching an athlete to be better with nutrition, the support team is probably their spouse. All things are important. If I can move the needle in those three things for the athlete's head, I can get the athlete better. So you want to measure where did we have wins? Where do we have losses? What were our obstacles? What were things to be grateful for on the three components for the head? Physically, what goes in your mouth? So if you're if you're a finance guy, that matters, right? If you're an athlete, that matters. If you're working, if you're a firefighter, that matters. How do you train? How do you get better? You have to measure that. And then how do you recover? So if I can measure those three things, and I could find out what were the wins, what were the losses, what were the obstacles, see where we won, where we lost. I'm trying to move the needle in all six of those things every day. After I do that assessment. After I had to answer those questions for those six things, I simply set new targets. 
what's what's my one or two process goal for my mindset? What's my one or two process goals for knowledge, teammates, nutrition, training, and recovery? All right. The overall happiness for me, goal for me, is to do well in the process. It's not I lost five pounds. It's not I scored this touchdown. Those are just simply results. My identity wants to be tied to how am I doing day in and day out? Because if I hit my targets, well, then what? Am I happy the next day? Probably not because I have I don't I have no target. But if I have targets every day, then I can work on it every day. We're not looking for perfection. We're looking for upward trends, right? So if I'm starting with a new nutrition client, the trend might simply be we're going to track our breakfast for the week. And that's That could be a win. And it's a big win if we can get five out of seven days. Maybe that's where we're at. The next week, we're looking for six and then seven and so, and so on. If it's for a soccer player, it might be that, hey, quit, quit, quit skipping breakfast, step one, right? But anyways, for your mindset, knowledge, teammates, training, nutrition, recovery, what are our one or two process goals for the next month? When I look at my weekly assessment, I want to break it down each week. Then you want to break it down each day so you have your six targets for the day. And I would say five out of six is a satisfactory number. It depends. For some people, one out of six is great. Others, six six out of six is the standard. What's it at Ohio State? The entire football team, they had to hit 80% of their targets for the day. They measure them in a whole bunch of things. How much protein they took in, they took their creatine, did they take their concentrated cherry juice for inflammation, uh, all those things. They had to hit 80%. If they hit 80% of their numbers, they're fine. If they don't hit 80% of their numbers, then they have a help session. The help sessions are usually painful, right? All right. So if you have that plan and that process, then you can constantly reevaluate. For you, I guess I would ask, you guys are all coaches for other folks, right? How would I apply this to yourself? What is your mindset as the coach? Where do you need to work on there? Are you clear on things? Do you have your identity? Do you have your core values? All right. Then what I do is I take my own mindset assessment. All right. How well do you know your why? And then I gave you points, 10, 8, 6, 4, 2. And I'll go through this one section quickly. At 10 points, you know your why, your unit, that's your tribe, people that you're working with, knows your why. Your team knows it. Your mm -hmm. coaches know it. And your support team knows it as well. And you review it so that everyone knows. And by your team, Jesse, Jesse oftentimes will say your tribe. So these aren't your, necessarily your friends. These are your allies that hold you accountable. So you want to take this, I had this assessment test, which we do every quarter. How well do others know your core values? Now, the six that I go with are integrity. Everything kind of starts there with how you do anything is how you do everything. Discipline equals all the freedom that Jocko would say. So the more disciplined you are, that's if you're doing the best you can and you're disciplined every day, that's almost the entire battle. Kaizen is the next core value, which means you're looking for 1% better in everything. Teamwork, you can't get anywhere alone. Enjoyment, you actually have to enjoy this a little bit. Even the work, even the parts that suck, you have to enjoy that. Then CSU is the last one, which means that no matter what, wherever you're at, you don't quit. So if others know your core values, then you get 10 points. If no one knows, you get zero points. If you just tell one person, you get two points. So where are you at on a quarterly assessment with your on your mindset with your core values? Then you want to judge yourself on all six of them. Your integrity, your enjoyment, CSU discipline, teamwork, and Kaizen. From there... No matter what you're trying to do, 
if you're coaching someone, you need someone that, that's coaching you. So when I host or when I have a podcast or I host webinars, I have someone coaching me on how to be better there, right? Next, you want to meet with your mentor. If you meet with them, you have a conversation with them weekly, 10 points. Monthly, eight. Quarterly, five points. Less than quarterly, zero points. You want to find someone that's always pushing you to get better because someone's going to know more than you in some area. If I took a CrossFitter at the gym and they want to get better, I would say, are we, I want to judge how dedicated they are. And if it's a high level, all right, when you were lifting heavy, you're training with these guys. When we're doing gymnastics, you're training with these folks. When you're doing endurance, you're running with this guy. When you want mindset, you're running with Koi, right? So you put together your tribe and you're always pushing. If you're a coach, how effective are you at identifying problems? If you're a coach, how effective are you at getting people to move forward? How are you with your tactical empathy? How are you at sales? You have to sell your idea. I'm selling my ideas to you right now. And then the last piece is a business thing. I have my athletes do once a quarter. Uh, you have to go through a SWOT analysis. Your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities and threats. You take your three best strengths so you know them. Your main strength is your competitive advantage. That's where you win the most. So if you're the fastest kid on the team, that's where you win. You want to constantly push up your main strength. Your weakness, you find your three main weaknesses. Your number one is your limiting factor. That's your wink link. That's what holds you back. So if you watch the Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix, one of the things that held him back was that he never watched one minute of film. Opportunity, this is where you can win. So where are, where are the opportunities for the athlete? Where's the opportunity for you as a coach? You want to mark this down quarterly and then monthly and then weekly and then daily. And then threat, this is where you get hurt. So physically, if your athlete has a bad imbalance, quads are really strong, hamstrings and butts are really weak, there's an ACL threat right there. They can tear their ACL. If you're coaching somebody on nutrition and their BMI or their uh, visceral fat is well over 15, well, we, got some we have some diabetes threats. We have some heart disease threats. We've got some quality of life threats. So we want to assess these things just like you would in a business model because the business is the machine, is the athlete, is the person, and we're constantly looking for improvement there. Jim, can I ask you a quick question on that SWOT analysis? Yeah, for sure. I found that uh, the weakness always is the same as opportunity. So, okay, for example, in bodybuilding, my weakness is my lats. Okay, so my opportunity is grow your lats. Okay. Does that, is, am I thinking of that wrong? Where my, my, my weakness is always my opportunity? I'd say in both areas, you're going to be right. So there's opportunities with your strengths and your weaknesses, right? Ah, okay. Right. So there's opportunity to maybe move up a, a ranking if you get your lats, and there's an opportunity just to win overall with that. So a lot of times, I would say both areas, you're going to have opportunities. Okay. Right? I think you're looking at it just fine. That's great. Okay, cool. So remember that I don't have the time or the scope to go through all the different components, but if I went through the mindset and I – I picked one for the head and I picked one for the body. So I went with training. Same deal. Same deal. So you got to schedule it. Um, you give yourself a score. You give yourself the assessment test. You complete your tasks. What you're looking for, not necessarily is the overall raw score because that's just a snapshot in time. You're looking for the trend. Does your score a four out of 10 and the next month it's 4.5? I got this whole process from the book Traction, which is on running your business. There's an assessment in the first 20 pages on all these different components, whether it's HR or marketing or sales. And I took the first score and I'm like, man, I'm like a 20 percenter here. 
And I got this idea from the venture capital guys that run big companies. This is the book that they use, Traction. So I'm like, well, I need to assess all the KPIs for my athletes. And the important piece is I have this data today. What can I, how can I move the needle tomorrow, next week, next month? And I take the, we do the inches assessment test and then we keep records of it, schedule it, go through the six components. For you, the athlete or the coach, you got to look for what are you looking to measure and then measure it and see where we can, we see where we can prove this. That's very common sense and basic. It gives you directional targets and then your next standard target. So what do I mean by that? So I'll take an athlete. Let's say it's, it's my son, Jack, and he plays football at Ball State. And one way to assessment him to assess him in those six areas is how do you score yourself against the other linebackers on the team? Are you the strongest? Are you the fastest? Are you on stamina? All the things on on the physical training stuff. Um, what's your resiliency? What's your off-season, off-season plan, et cetera? Well, that's a target, and it's maybe not the best one for him, but we need some kind of data. So then I would ask, well, is that your target to be the best on the team, or is it to be best in your conference? Or is it to be an All-American? The Combine does this every year for the NFL. They'll measure everybody in the basic measurables and see where you fall. You can look it up. So I say, hey, Jack, if you want to be in the in the game, you got to be able to bench 225 for 22 reps. At linebacker, you got to break a 4-8. 4-4, four, 4-5 four, four, is ideal, but you got, you got to be in the game if you break a 4-8. So we have these different targets, and a lot of people say those are the goals. They're still just targets along the way. The main target is for Jack to be the next iteration of him. So if you're coaching someone else, here's some targets based on the arena you're playing in. If you're just in the arena of life, well, you're at this standard, right? What does your next standard look like in the next 30 days? And then in those six areas, we that's how we come up with our with our measurables. If the measurables are playing in the NFL, well, those are pretty clear sometimes, right? If the, if the measurables are a better quality of life through nutrition or uh, just overall health and wellness, what does that look like for you? Set those as your targets and we start measuring against those. On training, I look at strength, I look at speed, stamina, resiliency. That means how likely are you to get hurt or not hurt? If you're a baseball player, you play in travel ball year-round, 10 months, your injury rate is very high. So then I have to build up the resiliency so you can handle the workload. Your off-season plan, what does that look like? Your in-season plan, and then I measure them, are they getting better? Jesse said something about his bodybuilding shows. Well, if you're in the military or if you're in the big corporations, or you have a big meeting or you have a, a deployment and you come back, they always have their AARs, right? Their after action reports. So the same deal. You want to have your target when you go into this practice. You want to have your target of what you do in this game. And when you when you're done, how did you do? The one that really wins is the one that has the quickest, most effective feedback loop so that you can adjust. All we're doing is making some guesses. We're making some hypotheses that this is how you need to eat. This is how you need to train. If I can get a, a more accurate, quicker feedback loop, then I can adjust. The adjustments is where you make the money, not your initial investment, not your initial, initial thought process. The other piece is there has to be some kind of mentor or coach working with you. Got to have your tribe. And the tribe needs to have the carrot and the stick. The athlete needs to have the carrot and the stick. 
the big stick for the athletes, they don't play or they get hurt. The big carrot, they do play. They win. They get drafted. They get an NIL deal. To win for your athletes, you got to figure out what, the, what that win looks like. That comes down to your measurables. If, is it tracking your food? Seven days? Great. What are we going to agree on? We're going to agree on six. Great. If we don't hit six, then we're going to agree that there's going to be a consequence. What does that look like? It depends. Is your athlete decent? All right, it could be 300 push-ups. Is your athlete not decent? It could be 50 push-ups. If you're Jesse, it could be 1,000 push-ups, right? The carrot and the stick, that's got to be there, right? That's what the, that's where the allies come in. Those are the, that's how I look at process. I can take my breath now. Jesse or anybody else wants to ask a question, far away. If there's, I haven't been looking at the chat because I've just been talking. Yeah, we got, uh, what were the six areas for daily targets? Good question. So three for your head and three for your body. Head's mindset, knowledge in your sport, and then how do you communicate and deal with people so that's your teammates? Mindset, knowledge, and teammates. Physically, what goes in is nutrition. What do you do with it? Is how do you move at your training? And then how do you recover? Mm, love it. Nutrition, training, and recovery. And then for a, because you're speaking to predominantly a lot of nutrition coaches, for their clients, they can pretty much use those six areas or would they? I would, uh, I would think so, right? Yeah. What's their mindset towards food? What's their mindset towards their goals? Right? What's their knowledge on food? Some people don't know the difference between a carb and a protein. Mm. Or you learn there, right? How much? How many ounces of water do you really need? So if you have, you bring on the actual knowledge and the basics, that's one piece. What's more important is how does your body react to that? Well, it says I should have 100 ounces a day. Do I need 100 ounces? Well, yes or no. Maybe I need 120. Maybe my urine is still not light, yelling enough, so I maybe I need 150 ounces. Mm. So there's the information, then there's how does your body react to it. Reco uh, the other thing for your, for your, if I'm dealing with coaches, nutrition coaches, how are they dealing with their teammates? That's your support team. That's their kids. That's their family. That's their, that's their spouse that's buying food if they're not buying it. It's the people at work that when you say, hey, we're going to go out for lunch. That's the support team if you guys go and eat healthy. If it's not a support team, if you guys go out and you're eating big fatty foods, if you're going out drinking after work. Mm. If I have a nutrition coach, obviously there's, there's a nutrition, if I'm a nutrition coach, my client is a, regular Joe, well, there's still going to be the nutrition piece. There's still going to be the recovery piece with sleep, cold therapy, meditation, right? And then there's still the actual physical components. You're spending so many calories a day. Yes, we want to maybe lose some fat and put on some muscle. Well, there's a training component. Are we walking enough? Are we walking briskly enough? Are we walking up hills? Are we walking with a weight vest? So all six components apply. Mm -hmm. if, I'm, if I'm dealing with you, Jesse, I'm saying, I'm saying, you know, what's your mindset as the role of the owner of Macro Millionaire? What's your knowledge on running a business and coaching people? What's your communication skills like mm. as a as, with your teammates? Your teammates, your support team, or the people that you work with? And I'm going to say, if you want to be the best at Macro Millionaire and running your business, I'm going to say, right, well, are you in shape? Is that way you have the most energy? Are you fueled properly? Are you are you recovered or are you hung over? Right. Yeah. So if I'm dealing with you just as a business person, you apply all six and you still, you can find targets to move the needle. I love it. So these are kind of universal targets. What's true and weird and creepy and sad is that 
once you're so dialed into your philosophy, you start seeing it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Jim, with the carrot and the stick, how would you implement that with an average client, you know, 50, 50, 55 years old, you know, I've got to live. First, we have to know that there's got to be the level of buying that warrants it. And it's going to be, I have to frame it like this. You came to me with these goals. They're important to you because you articulated X. You're paying me this much money. We're spending this much time. We're coming up with these targets and we agree on these targets for the week. We got to agree that if we fall short, that there's going to be some kind of consequence. Otherwise, I'm not doing my job. Mm, and when so I, many coaches go wrong on that, man. That is that's this is good stuff. When I let you off the hook, I'm hurting you. I'm telling you it's okay. I'm telling you what we agreed on and breaking that agreement is okay. It's not okay. You came to me for help. And if I don't help you, I should be fired. And if I don't hold you accountable and move you forward, at some point I am the problem because I'm enabling you. Yeah, that that's it. If I, you'll know when I'm not coaching anymore. It means I gave up. I don't give a shit because you're not you're you're done. You you yeah. don't meet me. You don't meet me halfway. It's time to separate. Go find someone else that say say things that are okay. It's not okay. I'm the only one that is gonna you're gonna see today, and I'm gonna talk to you, and I'm gonna care enough to say this is not okay. And if I frame it like that, because it's true, then I got a shot. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I like that. I know you're low on on time, so just quickly with the mindset with pressure, short term and long term. One of the yeah, we got someone on that's got a show next week. Actually, a couple of people that are they have a show next week, man. A lot of pressure. <laughs> what can they do? A <laughs> couple things. So ultimately, the answer is simply prepare. Right. So if I just said prepare more, prepare more, prepare more, that's so broad, but that's going to be the answer. And the Grant Cardone answer is prepare. 10 times more than you think you need to. You look at what Mark Devine, the way the SEAL says about pressure, it's a VUCA thing, V-U-C-A. It's variable. There are a lot of variables going into next week. Some parts are, some parts of those variables and the levels of those variables are unknown, like the order you might be going in on the show, right? It's complex. There's a complex order. with all got to dial in your water and your cut and everything else. And there's some things you don't even know about. So variable, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. Dane Jensen says pressure is the importance. So they're putting a lot of port- importance on their identity and how they perform. There's uncertainty, which adds pressure, and there's volume of it. So you're doing a lot of shows or is this an all-day thing? The last piece is that there's a time component. If you have a year between now and the show, you feel less pressure. You just said, hey, it's in a week. They're feeling pressure. So there's a time component. So the process I write out there. The main step of everything is prepared and how you handle it. Reason when you watch the last dance, Jordan says, I never felt pressure when I had the last shot because he put in so much work. He knows, hey, I, I have the best shot here, right? So it might not go in. But if you, if you prepare so much and you over-prepare, mm-hmm. you don't come in nervous. Like Jesse, you told me in our podcast that you checked these 200 boxes that, that quarter. You're not nervous. Right. Like you're not nervous walking down your mailbox getting the mail. You've done it 100 times. You're nervous when you do things you haven't done. Confidence only comes from reps. The harder the reps, the more confidence. So first, recognize the situation, why it's important to you, and also recognize why it's useless. 
So you want to do well on the show? You have some goals, right? But your kid, your spouse are not dying, and we're not going to World War III if nothing happens, right? So perspective is huge. Hmm. Recognize how you feel typically in these moments. Have you had done on a, have you done other shows? How do you feel? Did you write that down? Did you put that in your after action report? Well, usually I get nervous that day, or when I get ready to compete, I don't want to eat breakfast. So I'm kind of I'm kind of nervous. I know I must eat breakfast, but I'll sure I know already know how I'm going to feel because I wrote it down last time. Learn what needs to still happen. I don't like to eat, but I still must. So what's the easiest thing for me to consume and not be on the toilet all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Next step, what's your breathing process? It's a lot easier for me to say this to women. If they've given birth, they go through a Lamaze class. They'll say, hey, they learn some things on how to handle pressure and pain. You go through Navy SEAL training and you're going through close quarter combat. It t- they teach you to lower your heart rate so you can focus by breathing. If you're getting ready to fire a, a long-range sniper rifle, you bring your heart rate down by breathing. You change your physiology by breathing. Now, if you're getting ready, to, if you're playing football and you got you're going in between plays, you might only have a chance for three deep breaths, but you can still calm down. You're getting ready to go on stage. You're nervous. You start your breathing process. You then you just simply focus on your next step. The whole reason of Hell Week and for the Navy SEALs is they want you to be able to focus only on the next step. It might simply be walking from here to the chow hall. And then from there, it might be getting the food. And then from there, sitting down. And then it's eating. And then wash your hands and then maybe go to the bathroom. And then it's walk out. And then it's get in line. Then it's wait for an instructor. When you start thinking about 10 things, it gets overwhelming. What is the one thing I need to do here? I'm standing on stage waiting for them to call my name. My process is breathing. That's the only thing I focus on. What's my first pose? It's this. I don't need to think about my second pose. First one comes first. Then I'll think about my second. You take away all those other variables, you only have one small, tiny micro focus, your stress goes down. You must then know, hey, at this point in time, I did everything I could. Be comfortable with who you are. If you fall on the stage, you're still going to live and you still have a, a chance to fight the another, another day. What is your mantra for that moment? When Jack plays football, Going into sophomore year, he plays linebacker. I said, you have to come up with something that's easy. So it's uh, FNP, fast and physical. You want to be fast to the ball and you want to be physical. So you got to have some kind of mantra that's going to guide you while you're on stage. And you're a bodybuilder, Jesse. Well, what, what could that be? Confidence, aggressive, have fun, yeah. dominate. So then I, that- I, I love this because you're saying do everything that you could. I always check that box. I mean, I never stand on stage with regret. What I'm always worried about is what the other athletes look like because I want I'm there to win. I'm not there to play. I'm there to win. Sure. And you saying focus on your next step, then that would help me. That would take my focus off whoever showed up, what they look like, what their legs look like, whatever. And I'm just thinking of my next step. I love that. that that's that, I think that's going to be a great strategy should I ever decide to compete again. Well, Tony Robbins would say where your focus goes, your energy flows. Yeah. You're, you're focused on, on an uncontrollable. Right. Which is absolutely, you know, death. Right. Right. So you're focusing on you and you alone. Have you ever seen someone show up and they look good to go, but they can't, they don't perform? You ever seen someone who looks like they're jacked and they go up in the strongman event and they just can't move the weight? Mm. How many times have you seen the athlete that looks like they're going to win, not win? Right. It happens all the time. Right. Right. Then all you really care about is your feedback loop. 
How do I learn about this whole session? How do I learn about the entire event? How do I learn about the day? If you're caring about the learning and you get that feedback loop dialed in, you take all this extra information, you're preparing for the next round. You're already over-prepared better than the next person because you have all this feedback and you take it to heart. Can you evolve and adjust? And adjust. The one that evolves and adjusts the quickest is the one that wins. So if you take a five-year approach to doing these bodybuilding contests and you're in year two, well, you've got three more years. I want to be here. I'm looking for all this data so I can evolve quicker. That's the target. Long-term, it's not going to come down to anything more than prepare. Kevin Hart's great on stage, right? So what does he do? He takes four, five, six hours of material, and he goes to these small little comedy joints and tests it all out for that feedback loop. Six hours of material, well, two hours of it's really, really funny. How long is the show? Two hours. All right, I got all this feedback. I'm taking six hours of material, which probably took him 600 hours to write. Take the six hours of material, you whittle it down to two. Now I'm confident on stage. I already had all the negative feedback over here on this other thing. Here's my best shot. It's not harder than that. You want to be great on stage? Well, make sure you're on stage all these hours beforehand, practicing, getting all the feedback. Here's your bodybuilding coach giving you enough feedback. Great. So when you're on stage, you're like, all right, this is it. This is the best car I got right now. This is this is as fast as it's going to go. If I had another year, it would go faster. You just want the constant feedback. So you have your after action report keeping you dialed in so that you're moving on towards your next target. And all you care about is, can I win the day today? Win the day tomorrow. And then some days you get tested more on a bigger stage, and that's it. Other questions? That was a short one on pressure, but that's how I that's that's the process of how I coach athletes how to handle it. Well, in bodybuilding, a lot of times less is more. You know, sure. I I, I those those two takeaways were huge. Do do your coaches feel pressure when you're meeting with a prospective? client or a new prospect oh i guarantee then you got to ask do they do enough in advance to prepare do they tie the outcome to themselves and their own identity and eagle or do they tie it to the real target which is their client's outcome so the important piece that is can they get the client to move forward towards their goals well that's the real target and did you prepare enough yourself so you're knowledgeable enough and then do you make it about your prospect? And you got to say, hey, I'm going to ask you some pointed questions. So if I can find the real why we're here, the real hot button for you, not what I think it could be or what it is for me, then I got a shot of getting you a win today. And a win today is getting you to move forward towards your goal. Do you role play enough before you meet with clients? Do you role play enough with different personalities? When you're told no, do you know what to say then? I usually say something like, all right, cool, no. You got to just tell me why, because my whole job here is to get people better. And if I didn't get you to get any better today, I would know where I sucked. So please just give me two minutes and be as brutally honest as you can and tell me where I sucked and why we're not moving forward so I got a shot of addressing it. If I can't address it with you, I can't address it with others, I got no shot. And that's your AAR you just did too. Right, so you get... 
you're getting all the feedback. So ah, I, I got to believe Jesse, you as a nutrition coach is probably better year two after year one and year five after year two. Right. So if you take that long-term perspective, I'm looking for more data. There's not really, there's no wins or losses. It's just today. When someone tells you, no, hey, you got to just tell me what the objection is so I can at least give a shot to address it. Or if you want to, I want to think about it. Cool. What are the things that you got to think about that are important to you? If I can give you the information, then then you got a shot at making the best informed decision. If I have to guess what's important to you, and I might say, hey, you want to live longer? And some people say, no, 80 is good enough. And people say, well, uh, I just don't want, you don't want to live longer. So what's it really? Well, I want to. I want to look better in bed with my spouse. Okay. But you got to ask them a lot of questions and build some trust before they tell you that shit. Mm-hmm. Right. No one just shows up and says, man, I'm, I'm, my sex life is terrible. Right. Right. But if you could have found the real reason and they said, then you could say, you know what, I'll go all in with you on this goal. If you just meet me not even half, halfway, it's going to be 40%. I'll go past halfway to 60 and I'll get you there. Here's what it takes. And we'll lock on arms. I won't give up and, before you. I love that. Jim, talk to us uh, as we wind down about your book. When is this going to be in print? Um, how can we get a copy? Is it titled yet? Sure. All good questions. So the content, the the chances for me to expand my reach with the gym is either open more gyms or do I do things on a more global perspective, online clinics, speaking engagements. So I went the, the latter route. So that whole line is called Athlete Builder because that's what we do at the gym, but it won't be at Unbreakable. So Unbreakable is still the gym and we still get athletes better, but all the content there is mostly geared towards that that place. Athlete Builder, you can see it on all different social media, like you said, uh, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. So Monday launches the podcast where we bring on other coaches, athletes, doctors, so I can ask them these same questions in these six areas so I can get more data so I can push it out to you guys. The book is with a publisher. And what was cool is that it's it's slated to be released in Q2 next year. The publisher liked it. And one of their other authors is doing an anthology book on resilience. So the anthology means they have 30 different offers contributing to this one book. And they asked me to be one of those authors too. So actually I'll be in on that book, which comes out just before mine does. Along with the book, there's going to be like workbooks because yeah, there's what you learn about, but the workbook, what you do each quarter moves the needle along. And then there's like an in-season and out-of-season plan for athletes. So if you're in-season, here's how you prepare. Here's your AARs for each game. Here's your AARs for each practice. Here's your measurables, et cetera. But I do in-person clinics, workshops, the video courses on these six areas and the process um, slated to come out in Q1. So all that's, I'm taking this approach of getting athletes better and I'm just shoving it out to people that have any kind of desire to improve. If you're kind of wishy-washy, I don't know, it's probably not for you. This is for people that actually want to want to win. I mean, it might just be just win the day for themselves, but all that comes out and I've been working on it around the clock. So Q1, Q2 next year. Awesome. What's the name of the book? That's a good question. So I start off with inches because it's um, sports are a game of inches. And my wife said, well, maybe inches matter. A little play on words there. 
Yeah. With athlete bidder, I don't know, there's like 20 different uh, titles where uh, inches, building athletes one inch at a time, or athlete builder, the systematic process for building athletes inch by inch. So it's going to be along those lines, either athlete builder or inches going to be somewhere in the title. And you believe, believe me, I'll be letting everybody know. So. Awesome. Well, yeah, let me know when that comes out. So I get it to the team, Jim, I appreciate uh, you pouring into us. I appreciate your time and uh, I've got some good stuff to, to execute. I'm glad this was very timely. I think for certain people that, uh, that joined us live today. Cool. Glad to help. I'm happy to do it again. Just call me for anything. I want to be, uh, you know, on your tribe, uh, Jesse, and on your team. I want to help you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jim. We appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. See ya.